Just as a disclaimer, we want you to know that some of the movies that we will be reviewing were shot in a different time and era where people of race and sex were not treated equally. We understand this and hope you do too. The movies or anything that happened on the sets are not the views of this podcast or what this show is intended to be all about. Exactly. And we want to give due diligence in presenting the movie and not the views of the cast or directors or anyone involved. But we also feel it's necessary to let the audience know some of the background information to get a feel for what was happening at the time of shooting the film. Again, we hope you understand that we do not agree with everything that went on and we just want to give out the information. And with that being said, hope you enjoy the show. Dracula's daughter. Alright guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema, the Universal Monster series. Um, if you remember back about, I don't know, two years ago... In October now, um, we did start the Universal Monster Series where we did uh, Dracula, Frankenstein, The Wolfman, The Invisible Man, The Mummy, uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Um, There's a couple of Creature from Black Lagoon. Mm -hmm. We did like eight of them uh, for that month. So we thought we would do some of the lesser known Universal Monsters for this October. Uh, So today we decided to start kick it off with Dracula's Daughter. Um, I'm your host Jimbo, and today I'm joined by Kyle Zayner. Hello, everybody. Um, so he's stepped up to the plate to help us knock out some of these Universal monsters, and there's some movies that he has never seen before, so that's pretty cool too. It's been a new experience for me. It's um, so just a little setup for this movie. Uh, we do this differently than we do our normal podcast. Um, we actually talk through the scenes of the movie. Um, so the thing about Dracula's Daughter is it starts right up, right after where Dracula leaves off. Yeah, directly. Directly. Um, which is very nice. But before we start diving into the plot, Kyle, why don't you 
tell us a little bit about the movie. All right. The movie Dracula's Daughter released in on May 11th, 1936. This movie is 85 years old. Count of the things you see that date, and you're like, yep, everyone's passed away. But also, it's a older movie for sure. Um, box office numbers are currently unavailable. We couldn't really find anything online at the moment. Um, next up, we have the runtime of 71 minutes. Very brisk, even for, well, not necessarily for the time, but a brisk movie nowadays, just over an hour. Next up, with color, just black and white. Aspect ratio, we have a 1.37 by 1 aspect ratio. And then I have to block a sneeze, which is going to take a few moments here. <laughs> That's all right. I'll pause it real quick. The sneeze, that didn't happen. We are back. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. Moving forward, we have a film length. That was eight reels long. The negative format was 35 millimeters. The cinemagraphic process was spherical. And the production dates was very brisk at February 4th, 1936 to March 10th, um, 1936. So a little over a month till they had to uh, uh, basically film the entire film, then a little over a month of post-production to then release that's, the film. That's crazy. They, 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 they filmed this whole thing in like 30 days, 35 days. Could you like There's like there's virtually unheard of today for films. <laughs> well, I mean, but because CGI takes so long and all that, this was just... Not very many sets, you know what I mean? And top of reusing top of plenty of old sets, too. Like, right. like basically nothing new, not in a bad way, but in, like in a very efficient way. They're just like, this movie needs to be done. Yep. The uh, film Ocal is, of course, the Universal Studios campus and all their um, gates and stuff like that, all their buildings. Got to reuse a lot of the stuff. And then um, that's it for the film technical specs. So moving on to our favorite part, the... Awards! Yeah! And for the awards, we have in 2018, they got the Academy of Science Fiction and Fantasy Horror Films winner for Best DVD and Blu-ray Collection for the Dracula Complete Legacy Collection. In 2015, they got the Best DVD Collection for the Monster Legacy Collection. And that is it for the awards. (laughs) Not many. (laughs) Not many, but uh, worth noting. Like, it's, you know... (laughs) Yeah, and then we move on to Kyle's favorite part, because it's always my favorite part, because I do it every time, is the cast. And we have a full, hearty, beefy cast this time around. I got as many people as I possibly, I put in the overtime work to get, like, double the list. So please appreciate it, because I put in way too much work on this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So first up, we have Gloria Holden playing Dracula's daughter herself. Also named Countess Maria Zaleska. That's a rough pronunciation. <laughs> Probably have seen them. Um, you may have seen her in films such as Wife vs. Secretary, The the Corsican Brothers, and The Husketeers. Otto Kruger plays Jeffrey Garth. Um, he was in films such as the 1952 film High Noon, 1942 film Saboteur, Cover Girl, and Murder My Sweet. Next up, we have Mary, uh, Marjonette Churchill playing Janet. Um, she was in films such as The Big Trail, Ambassador Bill, and the 1936 original The Walking Dead. Then we have Edward Van Sloan playing the most noble character of Professor Van Helsing. Um, you'll know him as a legendary actor of the Universal series. So he was, he was in Frankenstein, Dracula, Mummy, and uh, Behind the Mask. So uh, Edward Van Sloan, just uh, <laughs> universal mainstay for the most part. Next up we have Gilbert Emery playing Sir Basil Humphrey. He was in films Between Two Worlds, The House of Seven Gables, and A Farewell to Arms. Next up, we have Irving Pykel playing Sander. He was in films such as Destination Moon, The Most Dangerous Game, 
Tomorrow is Forever, and Without Honor. Next up, Halliwell Hobbs plays Hawkins. They were in film such as Gaslight, You Can't Take It With You, To Be or Not To Be, and The Undying Monster. Furthermore, we have Billy Bevan playing Albert. He was in movies such as Vanity Fair, Another Dawn, A Tale of Two Cities, and The Rogues of Shearwood Forest. Going on, we have Nan Gray playing Lily. She was in the film. She was in the 1936 film Three Smart Girls. Three Smart Girls, not Gills. She's there with the fish. <laughs> and 1940 film, 1940 film The Invisible Man Returns, and Love in a Bungalow. Going forward, we have Heidi Hopper playing Lady Esma Hammond. She was in the 1950 film Sunset Boulevard and Men Must Fight. And the last of Mrs. Cheney and the 1939 film Midnight. Going on, we have Claude Alcer playing Sir Aubrey. Uh, he played. Uh, he was in films such as Bulldog Drummond at Bay, The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, and... And uh, Platinum, Platinum Blonde. Then we have Edward Norton playing Hobbs. Um, he's most right now films such as Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, The Son of Frankenstein, Runaway Bride, and Thirty Day Princess. Then we have, and finally we have Edward E. Clive playing Sergeant Wilkes. He was in The Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man, Raffles, and The Hounds of Bakerville. And Basker, that is a, Baskerville. And Baskerville, correct. I got a tear sometimes. <laughs> and that's it for the Dracula's daughter. So, like we said, this starts off at the Dracula's crypt, if you will, I guess we'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows them going down into the, um, these two policemen coming down into the crypt. Uh, they see, obviously, Renfield's dead body laying there for where Dracula choked him out in the first mm-hmm. movie. Um, and they come to the bottom of the seven, and he's like, he's dead. Yeah. And then you see Van Helsing just casually like, walk up. It's not Van in this movie. They changed it to Von Helsing. Von Helsing. Yeah. So he comes up and he's like, uh, hey, this guy's dead. He's like, yeah, I know. He's like, and the man that did it is in the other room. And he's like, <laughs> okay. So the one guy just goes. Just take your word for yeah. it. Sure, random so, guy. So the one, he's like, you stay and watch him. He's like, I'm going to go check this other guy. So he comes back and he goes, he's dead. He's like, there's been a stake driven through his heart. He's like. I know. He's like, I did it. He's like, that's a lot. He's like, I I killed the guy. But what are you going to do about it? That one police officer is like the sidekick, dude. He's hilarious because he's just looking at it. He steps away from him. Flabbergasted. Completely in fear. (laughs) I can't believe a dead body happened in London. (laughs) Uh, So basically, they take uh, Van Von Helsing into Scotland Yard. Yeah. uh, The next scene, they're in Scotland Yard and they're sitting down. Look, you, you admitted to killing a man. You know, he's like, of course, that's the only way to kill a vampire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like every well, I kill him. He's been dead for 500 years. It's fine. <laughs> right. Uh, which, that comes into play later, the 500 years. I got a question for you at the end. Okay. Uh, so, he's like, look, you've admitted to killing this. He's like, well, just contact Dr. Uh, Cartha, is it? Dr. Carth. Yes, 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 yes. Jeffrey Carth. Dr. Jeffrey Carth. Right. He's yes. like, well, he's a psychologist. He's not really a lawyer, you know, uh, He's like, trust me. He's like, he's the only one that'll understand. Blah blah blah. Yeah. He's like, well, I'll take. I'll have these two guys go, and I told them to hold the bodies at the police precinct until the train comes tonight, and they will pick it up. Yeah. So, so now you see these two guys at the police. The, the, I call it a police precinct, but it's like one room, the with holding a, area. Yeah. Right. And you see 
the two coffins there. One's Renfield's and one is Dracula's that is going to be sent back to wherever. So they're sitting there, and he's like, well, you need to stay here and guard the bodies. If And he's like, I got to go meet the train. He's like, why don't you go meet the train? Yeah, he's like, because like, you don't have the, the stars or stripes on your jacket or yeah. whatever, you know? You don't have the uniform, son. Yeah. I heard he's this. like, you can't go meet Scotland Yard. <laughs> and he's like, what was that? You know, and he hears a scratching noise. So he, he goes into there, and he see, he's looking at the coffins and nothing. And then he looks on the ground, and there's this, like, Trimmer thing. It looks like Bugs coming. Bugs Bunny coming under the under yeah, the thing, got you know, like, like a rabbit thing in the yeah, solid, right. yeah. And he's like, he comes out. He's like, whoa. He's like, I, I'm not going there. He's like, there's like rats or something in there. And he's like, there's no there's rats, no in, rats in Scotland Yard. Right. He's like, well, then you go in there and look. So he goes in there and looks, and uh, now it's like a big burrow. Like it's like mm-hmm. moving the whole earth underneath. Yeah. And my question to you, Kyle, is the rest of this movie? It doesn't say what this is. Yeah, I really not sure. The only thing that comes to my mind is that is actually Dracula's daughter coming under the ground. Uh, but it that doesn't make sense because when she pops up at the door right as soon as they go back in, she's in full black, no dirt anywhere. You know what I mean? So it was. It's just one of those mysteries that I, I, I when I I, I just saw it the first time just literally the night before. So I, I took it to think like it's like some tangible part of Dracula escaping like whatever kind of essence he has that's him escaping the body like the demonic or something like that form or something like that some kind of idea of that was uh, it escaping the monstrous form escaping like to some degree that was my interpretation of it not as much to interpret but yeah you're right they never really explain it either right so Dracula's daughter shows up and she basically cast a spell on uh, the the remaining guard I believe she's, like, Wilkes, yeah. she's like hey look at my ring you know, and, and she looks at his ring, and he goes straight to hypnotize, hypnotization, and he basically, the next thing you see him sitting at a desk, like, staring off into space, and the other sergeant comes back with Scotland Yard or whoever it is, the train conductor, yeah, and just basically touches taps, him, and he's like... on his shoulder, and then he just falls over. <laughs> yeah, like he's asleep. Yeah. Right. Uh, so then you see Dracula's daughter. She's, like, at, outside somewhere. Uh, I don't want to say a cemetery, but she's got, like, Dracula's body there, and she's burning it. Um, she's like, look, maybe I can finally be free of this curse. Um, I don't want to be a part of this bloodline anymore. You know, you've cursed us all. And so she sets fire to it and she's like, maybe now I can be free. Yeah. And her, 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 I call him her henchman. He kind of looks like Mo from the Three Stooges. You know, just he a, does. A yeah, yeah. Now, are you, do you think he is a mortal human? Yes, yes. Because I, later on in the movie, he, uh, we'll get there, but. Do you think he's mortal at this point? Yes, yes. The, my at, at this point, yeah, I kind of gathered that thing. If you're, he's a, basically a familiar, basically. Yeah. Because the reason I say that is because every time that she goes back to her house, he's always the one that closes the coffin, pulls the curtain, shuts the door. You yeah. Know? And um, it's really, really interesting movie. Because this movie deals more with the I guess the psychological aspects of being a monster than actually a scaring. Um, there is a few scares in it, but yeah. it's it's a different type of monster movie. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you know, like escaping the sins of the father, trying not be judged by where you came from, but who you want to be, right? And those kind of ideas. And it, she had good intentions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it still, kind of fell. She really went into it. She really turned. Yeah. It at the end it's one of those things like it has some lofty ideas but then kind of like fails the execution in so many ways but that's going getting ahead of myself so she, she's trying to fight this about feeding because she's talking to her henchman and she's like I can live a normal life now because 
Dracula's dead. I've burned his body. Yeah. I'm, I'm human. You know, I, basically. I, yeah. I figured, like, yeah, yeah. And burning Dracula's body was the way of purifying her soul where she'd be a normal human again. <laughs> so <laughs> she starts playing the piano. And uh, she goes, hey, isn't this lovely? He's like, it sounds like death to me. <laughs> it's full of darkness in your soul. That's what the piano sounds like. It's so cruel. Right. He's a harsh critic. But that's something else. You know, like, when, when she's burning his body, she looks back at the flame. I thought that bright light would be something that would affect her. But yeah, some kind of significance. But yeah. Hmm. Um, but I guess the night before this, she actually went and killed somebody, I guess is what they're referring back to here. Yeah, uh, so they drained a, another young man or something like yeah. that. Of like, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, uh, he's like, you know, the wolves are about and all that, you know what I mean? And, and you think, hey, do I need to go get this? Do I need to go there? He's like, look, he's like, She's like, he's like, hey, you want to go outside? <laughs> you know, basically. And she's like, I'm not afraid. And she's like, he's like, that music doesn't speak of release. It means you're still under the power of whatever you are, the yeah. curse or whatever. That familiar is essentially calling her bluff that she wants to believe that she's purified, but deep down she knows she's yeah. still a vampire. You know? And he's like, yeah, she's just freaking out, man. Like, oh, I can't take it. I thought I was done. Now I got to keep going on and on. <laughs> and... um this is where she goes out into the night, I do believe. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's really cool because it's like set in, uh, um, like, what'd you call it? Like an old time London? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember the exact timeline of the film, but essentially it is like definitely an older film. Uh, in well, she, old is, she is in Britain because. Yeah. But then she goes out there and she follows this guy with a top hat and cane and, and she's in her little black cloak. Just everything's covered but her eyes. And she basically hypnotizes him, and she comes back, and she's just distraught because she just killed another person and, and sucked their blood dry. I can't believe it happened again. Like and he's he like, tripped and I fell, and all of a sudden my fangs were in his neck. And he's like, "Hurry, it's almost daylight. We got to get you in your thing." And she's just like, she's so upset. Like, I can't believe I did this. So perturbed. I just noticed that she took her ring off. Did you notice that? No, I didn't notice that. Huh? I and he hands it she, to her. She, yeah, she hands it off. Yeah, part of her equipment, her repertoire. Her Batman gear. <laughs> so basically, she climbs into her coffin, shuts the lid, and and the guy, you know, pulls the pulls the the curtains and closes the door. Um, so now we know she's still cursed, and so now they go and they're doing an autopsy on the body from last night that she had just killed. Yeah, and uh, it's yeah, and I believe they refer to it as like a double transfusion or something. Like that. Yeah, and he's like he's like uh, well, it says when did he have the last transfusion? He's like four hours ago before he died. And he's like, yeah, but what do you think about these uh, two 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 marks on his neck? You know, what I mean, like, you think they would have known who Dracula is by now? Yeah, uh, since he wreaked havoc um, for five hundred years yeah. in, in this local area, right? You think they'd be used to seeing bodies? Maybe that's it. Maybe they just sort of, we well, he's not. He's not usually in this area. He's usually in Transylvania. Yeah, but, usually, but yeah, he yeah. did come here. Yeah. Oh, huh, this is the this is the thousands body we have of spontaneous blood loss and two uh, so, marks in her neck. Weird. <laughs> so then we move on to the scene where. Um, you meet Doctor Garth, and that his his significant other, if you will, she's kind of annoying in this movie. Yes, like a bashful, loving secretary, like plays many hats that yeah. don't. <laughs> yeah, like they don't all congeal into one good role. It just feels like like she serves the plot in a bad way every single scene she's in. From the way I kind of saw it, and she's like Jeffrey, Jeffrey, you know, you got a call yeah. from Scotland Yard or whatever. And he's like, well, what's going on? She's like, well, it's Professor, uh, it's Von Helsing. You know, he's he's in trouble. That he killed a man or whatever. She's he's like he's like 
I can't. He's like, I'm here on a hunt. <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. just leave. And he's like, you got to go. Scotland's card killing. And he's like, I didn't kill anybody. She's like, no. But Van Helsing did. Or yeah. Von Helsing. Professor Van Helsing. Yeah. Von uh, Helsing. Uh, so he's like, no, he's in Budapest. Nope. He's in London. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, he needs uh, your help. <laughs> yeah. So basically he's like, well, gentlemen, I'm going to have to leave. I got to go help a friend, um, if you will. Um which Van Helsing and him must have been pretty good friends because he, he doesn't hesitate to go. Um, that's one yeah. thing I noticed. Um, Serving him an early, uh, like an idol, if it's not an idol, or uh, what the, when you study under someone, like a journeyman, someone like some sort of, but that kind of role he had in his life. Richard. Right. So we're back to Scotland Yard and, and, and um, Gafton are, uh, and uh, Van Helsing are talking. He's like, look, he's like, there's not a jury here in Scotland that is going to believe your story about him being a vampire. Yeah, your defense can't just be he was a vampire. <laughs> no, you have to have something a little more concrete. So he tells him, he's like, hey, if there's a way to clear you, I'll help you get clear. He's like, I'll state my uh, my, my my face against facts or whatever. So Yeah. And this next scene, they were having like a dinner party. I don't know if they ever asked or said what the party was about. No, but it just happens, you know. It's it was the it was the thirties. They just had dinner parties. <laughs> so uh, the countess comes to this party, and Janet's like, "Oh, it's the Hungarian lady I I knew about," mm-hmm. and uh, she's like, "My friend, my dear, how sweet of you to come." The Hungarian friend I always had, yeah. <laughs> and he's kind of mesmerized by. It. He's like, "Don't you know this?" The lady's like, "Don't you know this?" Not polite to stare at strangers, and um, yeah. He's, he's clearly he knows that there's something like transfixing her about her, alluring, you know, to some degree. Uh, it kind of falls into like some of the tropes of vampire seductress kind of. And ideas. this is where you start really seeing the humanity of Dracula's daughter, um, because she sits down and says, "Look, I need your help. I hear yeah. you're a psychologist." She says, "Basically, do you believe that these curses could be undone by like um, psychiatric?" Therapy, basically, right? Of like, if I believe it, it'll be true, right? But you she's know. she's she's hinting around the fact, but he doesn't know that she's an undead, mm-hmm. um, which is very interesting. Um, she's like, please, you know, you're the only one that can help me. Yeah, um, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and you know, Janet, she's just getting mad because she she's taking up a lot of his time. You know what I mean? And yeah. they start talking about the vampire case and all that, and. Count Dracula's name comes up, and Van Helsing's name comes up, and um, she—they're talking about how he died with a stake through his heart. And clearly, she knows the whole story at this point, so she like she just doesn't know what to say. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think she really wants to say anything because she doesn't want to give anything away. Yeah, uh, but now she knows that uh, Ka- uh, what's the name? Kraft, Coft, Garth, Garth. Yeah, Jeffrey Garth. Now she knows that he's on the case, so this is dangerous for her. Um, when it was once just a social gathering or perhaps a victim hunt is now become a lot more entangled of like she realized that she's deeply involved with these people before she even knew it. You know? So it's just she's, 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 she's to, very, very uh, entwined in this conversation. Inquisitive, like, trying to yeah, yeah, like, get all You know, there may be can. things here that uh, that you need to look beyond as a psychiatrist that's more than meets the eye in these situations. Yeah. Um, so basically she's, she, she's like, hey, can I see you again or whatever? And um, then you have Janet. She's this lady. You know, is always trying to tie his tie and, and all that. And he's like, look, I can meet you uh, for tomorrow or something. You know what I mean? Uh, we can discuss this for you know maybe like during the day. And she's like, no, no, no. We got to do it at night. <laughs> like, yeah, it's such a 
like like I, said, like I know something felt like she just serves the role she needed to at any given scene. Like sometimes she's like a bashful secretary, the other time she's like a like a pestering love life, and then another time she's just like a juvenile delinquent making prank calls, and it's just so weird. <laughs> right. So this is where they actually have their one on one meeting, and he's like, "This is weird." He's like, "Usually a girl like you, there's usually like twenty mirrors in the room like this, and she doesn't have a single room." Mm-hmm. Uh, which, it, of course, to uh, vampire lore knows that uh, a vampire will not see the reflection in a mirror. Yeah. Um, they invisible. So she, she's even, you know, she's even saying, look, you know, according to the Hungarian legend, you know, a vampire will not cast her shadow. Yeah. And then here comes old Mo, <laughs> the, 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 the thing. Um, yeah. So he, she got, he's getting a telephone call at the Countess's house. And this is, I think, where Janet is playing a trick on him, isn't she? The, yes, and I would be so mad. He's so mad at this point. Or is this no? Yeah, this, this is her. This is the prank call. Yeah. Well, because they call back, but it's not her. Yeah, the uh, other professor calls. I she said, "This is the zoo speaking." The zoo. He's like, "Zoo, what zoo?" <laughs> so one of our elephants is seeing pink men. I was like, I, "This is like crazy." <laughs> such a, like a, such a random, almost slapstick scene, and otherwise like fairly serious movie yeah he's like you know just stay off this isn't funny anymore you know he's like that's it yeah and i think like is in this moment is she an adult or is she like a 13 year old girl she kind of reminds me of kyle of the podcast yeah deeply <laughs> immature unprofessional and can't pronounce names to save her life right uh so here she is so she says look i asked you tonight because i need your help and he's like as a psychiatrist she's like well as a man of strength and courage you know uh yeah and he's like well i guess you know can I thank the vampires and rain doctor? Tell me, tell me. Do you believe that the dead can influence the living? <laughs> and he's like, well, you know, he's asking her, well, what way? He's like, could you conceive of a superhuman mentality influencing someone else from the other side of us? So basically, she's trying to ask him, hey, do you think my dad uh, can influence me behind the, beyond his death? Keep me being a vampire right. or possibly get rid of my vampirism. Yeah. You know, or something, something that, that suppresses her to keep in her. Uh, yeah. Clearly, an ulterior motive of just trying, like, not just discovery, but trying to find a way to. Which I really like because it's, it's different than what you would think of a, Dra- a Dracula movie. You know, they're just like bloodthirsty animals. But even Dracula himself was uh, very. Uh, yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it, it, it well, it, it's it's smart, rare. I guess is the word. I'm yeah, thinking. yeah, yeah. And it's very rare to have like usually the trip of vampirism is that all vampires love being vampires. <laughs> like they just like it's the best thing in the world. But in this case of Dracula's daughter, she's very clearly like she she's she's not outright admitting to it, but she wants to repent and get rid of her vampirism or something like that. She wants to cure herself of this if she could, she would. And that's an unusual trope in modern vampirism, especially. So he's like, look, he's like, the next time you face this, he's like, just fight it, you know, greet it and fight it, you know. And she's like, oh, like life against death, you know, yeah. which is kind of symbolic being, hey, you know, I'm undead and these people I'm just killing are alive. Yeah. Um, he's like, sure, I'll help you. She's like, you got to help me. He's like, your strength against his. And he's kind of confused right now. He's like, I have no idea what you need. And then here comes, we'll call him Lurch from here on. Lurch. Yeah. He's like, I got another phone call. He's like, no, it's a man this time. He says it's important. So this is where he gets mad, dude. He walks in there. <laughs> oh, it's got some comedic parts, even though it's not meant to be funny. I, I still cracked up at several parts. She's like, he's like, he can help me. Sandor is his name. Yeah. He said, now look here, I'm tired of being annoyed after office hours. If you don't stop calling me, I'm coming over there. And regardless of your sex, I think he's going to smack you in the nose. So, and this guy on the other end, he's Why like, this I is Doc- never. <laughs> this is Doctor Beamish. <laughs> Doctor Beamish, what a great name. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's great. He's like, oh, is this the zoo again calling? He's like, I beg Wait, your pardon? pardon? How dare you? He's like, I'm at St. Mary's Hospital. Uh, I was like, oh. He's like, oh, man, I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, I'm so like, sorry. I'm so embarrassed. Yeah, he's like, oh, no. <laughs> um, he's like, I'm calling about Lady uh, whoever she is. Um, he's like, I want you to go see her immediately. As if your condition is to do so. Oh, yes. Right, yo, doctor. <laughs> <laughs> right over there. I'm British. <laughs> right. Um, so he's basically going to leave her at this point and go take care of his um, the patient he had to go see or whatever. And she's like, he's like, uh, Sandor's like, hey, uh, we going out on the town again basically to get another mm-hmm. thing. She's like, no, nah, I'm going to go paint. I'm going to... The studio. It's time to paint, and and this is really weird right here because here we, this is probably the most controversial part of the movie that we're going to talk about, and we're just going to touch on it. We're not going to go into okay, detail too deep. Yeah. Uh, but there's this, I don't know what you want to call her, but uh, I don't want to say homeless girl, uh, but she's a vagabond a, maybe, maybe, and she's on the street. She's nicely well dressed, and he's like, look. He thinks she's going to jump over the side of this. She's suicidal and she's going to jump over this bridge. He's like, look, the river's cold and dark. He's like, I know a place where you can get warm and get some food and, and a lot of money. And she's like, I don't want any money. He's like, uh, my lady's, you know, my, my mistress is an artist. She'll pay you tonight. Um, he's like, there's nothing to fear. Of course, little does she know. Um, yeah, everything to fear. But I thought that was very interesting that he left to go on hunt on his own because he knew she couldn't fight this thing. Yeah. I thought that was a very key uh, thing. So she she gets brought back to the thing. He cuts closes the door to her studio, and she's just looking at her like, you know, don't be afraid, my dear. I'm just going to paint. She's like, uh, I'm not I'm not afraid of you, ma'am. He's like, that guy was a little creepy. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so she basically, you know, says, hey, warm yourself by the fire. Ask her her name. Gives her some, I think, a sandwich. Um, so you can tell the struggle. Um and she's like, you know, you got beautiful hands. You know, Dracula's daughter, I forget her, Maurice or... Uh, uh, yeah, Maria. Maria Sleska. Yeah, I Maria. Uh, and she's Maria, like... Uh, possibly. <laughs> you can tell she's struggling, like, she's setting up the plot to, to eat her. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you she's can trying tell. to contain her bloodlust. Right. Um, so Sandor brings in a tray of food and wine, it looks like, or water. Um, it's wine, I think. Wine, it's wine. And uh, so her name's Lily. Uh, it's like help yourself. So she's—you can tell she's hungry, man. She just starts diving in, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. No, no, no second thoughts. Just no. going right for it. So yeah. um, the the lady uh, Dracula's daughter asked her, "Hey, have you ever modeled before?" She's like, "I'm doing a study of young girls' head and shoulders," which <laughs> is funny in itself if you yeah. think about it. In hindsight, especially. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so she said, "You can go get ready behind that screen over there." She's like, "All right, thank you." Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm okay. down. Whatever. Yeah. I'm already in. Why not? So. Uh, <laughs> Basically, you know, she takes off her hat and uh, she says, hey, um, I suppose you want my... Uh, she's taking off her shirt uh, for 1936. This is probably very... Uh, Risque. Yeah. And Dracula's is just looking at her. She's like, I'm ready now. Uh, and she comes over and looks at her. And um, she's like, I suppose you want these pulled down, which is her bra straps, I guess, or slip strips, or slip straps. Uh, so she's holding it up to her chest and she's like, here, finish your wine. It'll warm you. So she's trying to get her blood warmed up because she's been out in the cold, I think. Yeah. So she's like, go over there, stand by the fire. She's like, set her up. meal, please. She's like, you can't catch a cold. Don't, don't catch a cold. You mustn't catch a cold. Uh, so she turns around and looks at her and, and, uh, and she's just staring at her. She's like, why are you looking at me like this? What did I do? 
or am I not good enough? Basically, she's like, "Oh yeah, you'll do very well indeed." So yeah, uh, she's like, "Do you like jewels, Lily? This is very old and very beautiful." So she holds up the ring, and it, it's pretty cool. The lighting reflection goes right on her eye. Um, Clearly indicating that it's transfixing her. And she like said, a, I, don't think, "I don't think I'll pose tonight. I think I'll go if you don't mind." Yeah, and she's like. Uh, don't come any closer. Don't come any closer. And she slowly starts screaming up. And then here's what I don't understand. She screams. Yeah. Are they not in an apartment? You know what I mean? I think it's above a, a I think was it above a, a library or antique bookstore or antique shop at the end it shows you. Uh, I would think there's some degree of privacy. They already like Sandor would already prepare for that in their next wherever they went to. <laughs> You know. But, you know, and then they, they show her being stretched out. Mm-hmm. The, the thing I find interesting about that that one than the one before is she doesn't kill this one. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you notice that? Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't actually die. She's in a perpetual state of shock, well, basically. Yeah, we'll say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so then he goes back to the office, I think. And, oh, and Garfrey does. Garfrey yeah, does. And, you know, that was very childish of you for calling about the zoo. And she's like, like I was just having a little little fun. And she's like, well, what about my phone? It was ringing off every half hour. And he's like, I told the nurse to do it. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, just a little payback. Um, so they're definitely both juvenile. They're both fools for each other. Yeah, <laughs> you did this to me. I did this for you. And she's like, here, here's my resignation. Accepted. And he's like, accepted with the most pleasure. <laughs> and see, he has like... Uh, I get the sense they go through this routine every week, too, of her quitting and, and, yeah, and he must He must be at the hospital or whatever because he's like, hey, I need you to come to room 32 to look at this. Nurse walks in and says, hey, I need you to come look at this patient 32. Yeah. Um, and one thing we'll touch on here in a minute, I don't think it's quite yet, is the um, hypnotizing machine. Very uh, old school hypnotizing machine. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's definitely old school. Yeah. <laughs> so they come, in, they come in and it's uh, Lily sitting there. And they're like, look, they got a strange case here, doctor. You know, she's not moving. Uh, she's uh, just apparently has amnesia. Yeah. Uh, Unresponsive. And, and they said, well, what treatment has she had? And they said two infusions. So, you know, she's been uh, sucked almost to the point of death. You know, the, the, the blood because she's had to get two transfusions. Um, so he, you know, he's looking in her eyes and he's looking at everything and he's like, he can't, he can't tell anything. And he's like, you know, um, uh, it's not amnesia, uh, or if it's not amnesia, what, what do you think it is? And they're like, well, it's post hypnosis, right? They said they picked her up near cruising, seeing rambling, incoherent talk and spoke of a woman. Um, you know, she yeah. said something about blood, then she lapsed into unconsciousness. So, uh, this is the first time that you know that she may have been alive. Not alive, but she may have been. Um, it's the first time that they've hinted that uh, she was alive during the feeding process, I guess. And yeah. not hypnotized. Not fully hypnotized. Somewhat, you know, resistant to it, at the very least. And also, it's, it's not very really clear, like, was she just, like, left for dead, basically, and she went away to the hospital, or did she actually fully escape, possibly? They never actually make that necessarily clear in the film. But yeah, I guess, but like, I think she was just found on the street, you know, yeah. to the point of near death, I think they said. Mm-hmm. Um. So they're going to give her adrenaline. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. Um, Just shoot like, her up and see what she says. Let's see what happens. <laughs> see, he's like, I, he's like, what do you think this is? Like, I'd rather not say until I talk to Professor Van Helsing. Hmm. Uh, Von Helsing. Uh, yeah, Von. Uh, so he's like, the less of blood, the marks on the neck. Um, you got yourself a vampire, oh, basically, yeah, yeah. is what he says. I guess it could be that one thing I've been telling you about this entire movie. Hmm, maybe. <laughs> right. So... Uh, 
he's basically basically saying, look, I think we have, um, you know, Dracula's body's disappeared. Um, then this evidence says that he's not dead at all. He's yeah. like, no vampire can survive a stake through the heart. No, none of them. He's like, well, then what's happening? He's like, well, you tell me, you know, you find these places here, you find these places here, then you have, you can find where your vampire is tri- triangularly located, if you will. We can hunt her down or yeah. them down. Triangulate where they're at, yeah. Triangulate right. location, find the best so, possible place for them. So they're coming up uh, with a plan. Um, and then this lady. Janet. <sighs> yeah. I know, I know. And she's like, well, who's going to tie your tie? He's like, I'll have the nurse tie my tie. And this nurse, she's like... <laughs> she's the one nurse in the 1930s doesn't know how to tie a tie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she's up there, her hand shaking, and, and she's like... Oh, boy, what are you doing? The short end goes over the loops. Yeah. Oh, she's like, uh, okay. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's like she's just trying to not figure out how to tie. Like, you do it enough times, accidentally, you'll solve the tie. <laughs> Yep. Oh boy! She turns around, she's like, "Here, just for goodness' sake, just let me do it. I'll tie your tie for um, you." So he's he's um, I think he's on his way to go meet her again, isn't he? I believe so. Yeah, she's going to go the, meet Dracula's daughter. This is the follow up, the Countess. So the the follow up to meet the Countess. And he's like, "Hey, why didn't you tie my tie like this last night?" <laughs> because he was struggled the whole entire time. Oh gosh. So, uh, the Countess walks in, knows how she just walks in, and he's like, hey, good evening, Miss Blake, is Dr. Arthur? And she's like, nope, <laughs> he's no. not here. So, he's just left, and she's like, oh, she's so disappointed. Oh, no. And she's like, hey, can I go to supper now, doctor? So, he knows, she knows that Janet has just lied to her. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she's like, why was it necessary to lie to me? And she's like, oh, well, you know, he's my man. <laughs> so, basically... <laughs> Um, so she goes into the study and uh, shuts the door and he's like, Countess Alaska, what are you doing here? She's like, I had to come. You had to cure me of a vampirism, please. You said you would help me. <laughs> yes. Uh, she's like, you're trembling. Your hands are like ice. Because uh, she's dead. <laughs> well, right. So there comes a point in this movie, and I think you're getting ready to see it here, where the transition from her being, hey, I'm trying to get out of my family business yeah to uh you're going to be my husband <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. uh very soon yeah. um he's like very well, casual escalation <laughs> she's like you know I, I have nothing to look forward to she's like everything i do is, is horror basically um and he's like well what are you talking about you know i uh he's like you got to control and, and if you if you want me to believe you then i need you to be 100 percent honest with me um so she said when when you left I, I decided to try what you said and put put myself to the test she said i, I couldn't do it i failed i failed yes yeah um by the way i haven't had to be like a nearly half dead woman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> recently. <laughs> too unrelated i'm just asking but 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 is it is it really a fail she didn't kill her i don't know which uh, shows some restraint there you know maybe she had to have to improve it he's like she's like he's like just tell me she's like i can it's too gross and ghastly and, and He's like, I have something here for that, you know, and maybe it'll help study your nerves. And the thing is, he goes over to this ancient hypnotic machine, and he's like, hey, the mirrors in this machine. And she's like, oh, no, no, I'm out, I'm yeah. out. And it turns out I didn't need this help. I'm sorry. She's my mind. No. She's like, when, you know, the Which, first anti-vaxxer. Uh, so he's like, hey, just look at this little shines against the disc. 
and uh, it's reflected by mirrors. And she's like, whoop, her eyes are like, nope, no, 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 I'm good. She's, <laughs> no, like, it's, she's like, it's, she's trying to explain, like, it's too late for experiments. And she's like, I came here to ask you to go with me, to go with you. She's like, yes, tonight, to the continent. I was like, oh, wow. So they're going all the way to Europe, to back to Transylvania. Mm-hmm. She's like, but you got to do this for me. She's like, I'll make any concession you want. I just need you to go with me. He's like, she's like, I can't do that. That's impossible. I'm a doctor. And she's like, you're a, you're a great doctor, a doctor of minds. Yeah. I need you, Dr. Garth. I need it's, you. I need you. It's a problem I can always soul. relate to. Beautiful women turn up. Like, please come away with me. And she's I'm like, like I can't. He's, he's basically like, how can I trust you when you're concealing the truth from me? She's like, but I've told you everything I can tell you for now. Mm-hmm. Please don't press me any further. He's like, you've told me nothing, basically. So then the telephone rings again. Why is the telephone always interrupting this stuff? So I think this is where he says, hey, your dinner's ready. You done it. Oh, no, the girl, the girl was ready. Girl yeah, ready. Yeah, not, not dinner. Dinner for the vampire. Yeah. <laughs> the girl that was dinner. Yeah. So he takes his machine. He's like, look, he's like, I got to take this machine down to this. Uh, he's like, I want you to wait right here for me. Yes, you know, right I think, here. I think he's on to her right here at this yeah. point of the movie. And he's Has like, some suspicions. Um, you know, I want you to sit down very calmly. And make your mind exactly that you're going to tell me the whole truth, the entire truth. Don't leave anything out. Nothing but the truth. Right. And it says, when I come back, we'll decide what we can do, what can be done, if anything can be done. He's like, but I got to go see this patient. And he's like, um, I wouldn't plan on leaving London tonight if I were you. You know what I mean? So basically, he's like, hey, we're on to you. Don't be mm-hmm. leaving. Uh, the Scotland Yard's going to be on you. And so she's like, well, I'll leave. I, and I, you'll I, go with, with me. me. Oh. I was like, man. So mm-hmm. now she's went full fledged. She's basically turned into her dad at this point. Yeah. And this is what she looks out the window and there's old Mo in the car. You know, just yeah. hey, I see you. Yeah. Uh, so this is where I think Janet walks back into the room, and um, Sandor uh, comes in and uh, Janet, yeah, and and he basically she says. Uh, and she's like, hey, he'll be back. You know, but where is he? Well, he'll be back. She's like, well, he sits down and talk to me. She's like, I'm sure we have nothing to suffer, Collins, Alaska. And she's like, well, uh, we might talk to Dr. Garth. He's interested in both of us. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Um, he's like, Women I, friends so see, Janet's really upset that he's spending so much time with her, and he thinks... She, she thinks he's infatuated with her. So here comes Sandra. Everybody just walks into this place like nothing. Nobody knocks anymore. So, so he walks in. And she starts like, oh, what's this? And he's like, take her take her to the car. Go out the window. Which, okay. Probably just walk her back, too. He's just easily. Right. So uh, now they're in there, and they've got the hypnotic machine out on poor Lily. After they just fill her with adrenaline, too, and like that. They drugged her out and put her in a mirror. Like, okay, let's find out what she knows. Right. Like, this is, this is high, highly scientific. It's very interesting. She's like, hey, that light's hurting my eyes. So I was kind of wondering if she was already turning into the vampire. Um, I can. I, I was. I. I think there's still factoring in the idea of like it's about sunlight, not necessarily lights like candlelight or something like that. But um, you think so? Could, uh, could be. I'm not sure. But way. my thing is, how long? How long would it take her to turn into a vampire once she has been bitten like that? Uh, this is. Kind of feels like before a lot of the rules were written, so they kind of played fast and loose with things. <laughs> so it's just like I really don't know. Uh, the rules <laughs> always change. I think in the first one he even turned into a wolf, if I remember right. Yeah, it happens to the best of them. Right. Happened to me too one time. You know, you never really saw, you never see the countess turn into a bat or anything too. So I mm-hmm. thought that was kind of disappointing, but yeah, yeah. Um, missed opportunities. So he's like, look, got to remake it. I again. want you. He's got this machine turned on, staring her in the face, the mirrors, the lights. Remember, remember. 
the fifth like, of September. Show me the pictures in your mind. You know, you got to you got to tell me everything. You can you can you can see them only if you try. You got to try. And he's like begging her, please help us out. We're trying to help you find out who did this to you. And she's like, no. She's like, I can't. And then she starts screaming, no, 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 no. And then she hops up. And he's like, hey, there's nothing to be afraid of. You're surrounded by friends and doctors. Yeah. We're here to help you. Don't worry. We're going to protect you. Nothing that will happen to you, I promise. <laughs> she's like, take it away from my eyes. It's like, it hurts. He's like, the light? She's like, the ring. The ring on your hand. Mm-hmm. So clearly, he's like, yeah, she's remembering that, the, like, how uh, the countess used the ring to try and hypnotize her, but right. also kind of failed. She said, she said, whose who's hand? And he's like, the lady's hand, or your hand, madam. And she's like, she's like, pose. She's like, I think I'll go. She's like, please let me out, please. She's like, I, she's like, where are you? And she says, you know, you remember now. Or he says, and she's like, your studio. So she's starting to give him a little bit of information at this point of the, the movie. And uh, she's like, where were you? And he says, in Chelsea. So, hey, we're right here. He's like, I know that. He's like, whereabouts in Chelsea? You know, I used to live close by there. He's like, you got to tell me. Yeah. And uh, at this point, she's like, uh, the bookshop's closed. So it was a bookshop. Oh, okay, yes. And it says, I don't want to go up those dark stairs. So she went up the stairs. Um, basically, she's recounting of, hey, let go of my arm. You're hurting me. So this is probably where Sandor's dragging her up the stairs. Yeah. And then she sets up. And slowly goes back down, and the collapse. So, technically, if you want to get all technical about it, Garth killed her. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, um, drugged her up, got information possibly could, and then she died from giving the shot. And he's like, yeah. she's dead. Yeah. And he's like, oh, what did I do? <laughs> he's like, I know exactly where to find the one who's responsible. So, this he knows who it is. Uh, he goes back to the room to talk to her, and gone. Oh, she's gone. I could not seen it's coming. And if you notice this, watch the wind just kind of blows through the window here in a second. Just ta-da. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, oh there's where the could she have gone? Now watch, he doesn't shut the window when he leaves. He just looks out. I remember this. He just looks out. Hey, uh, I don't see anybody. And we'll just leave the window open and walk yeah, away. And I was like, oh, the electricity. The, I'm not heating the whole Transylvanian Scotland Yard neighborhood. Exactly. <laughs> So now the you know uh, he goes insane. to the he goes to the bookshop in Chelsea and the guy is getting ready to leave because it is closed now, and uh, he said, "Hey, you know uh, something about upstairs? You know, do, do you have a room above the, the apartment above this or whatever?" And he's like, uh, "This is funny, yeah." He's like closing for the night. He's like Scotland Yard. He's like, "Well, that's different." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, okay, yeah, Scotland Yard, of course. Yeah. Uh, so basically, he's like, you know, she. I'm looking for this lady. He's like, there was a woman with a, a place on the third floor. He's like, but that ain't her name, but there's some strange goings on up there. So I don't know if he's heard the screams up there or bumps in the night or whatever. And he's like, hey, I got to use your telephone again. The telephone plays a vital role. It should have had its own uh, cast. It should, yeah, the, yeah it, was, it was practically main character. One of the players, yeah. So now he calls the Scotland Yard guy. The guy's in bed, and it's, <laughs> this guy, he's like... Hey, Doctor Garth's here on the on the on the wire. You know he doesn't say the phone. The wire. The wire. He's like yes, and Hobbs. He's like just just look here, a lot of really. So he's like, um, hello, you know, and he's like Jeffrey. Yes, yes. What is? It? He's like basically, hey, I need you, and I need Von Helsing, and I need you immediately. And yeah. here's the address. I need you to come down there. He's like, why on earth are you doing in Chelsea in the middle of, at this time of night? You know, I'm in bed. Yeah. I'm in my pajamas. He's like, oh, vampires, that's right. They only come out at night, you know. Yeah. He's like, no, please, hurry. 
He's like, all right, I'll get there as soon as Fine, possible. Fine, I'll get my vampire hunting gear. I'll get out of bed, my PJs. And he's like, and he and he, and he basically he closes it, you know. So, um, who brings your butler to bed like that? I don't yeah, even know anymore. Yeah. It's one of those things you look back and then she's like, they were really good friends. It's like, really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, uh, I'm going out after vampires tonight. I'll be home late, basically. And he's like, vampires, sir. He's like, ha ha ha, yeah, ha, ha vampires. Uh, I'm gonna take my pistol. Ha ha ha. He's like, I always understood that you went after them with checkbooks. <laughs> that was funny, you know. I mean, yeah. uh, it's always the butler or the maids that are the funniest people. They in go, these things. they get the wittiest dialogue. Same thing in Batman. <laughs> yeah. Um, so basically, now you have uh, a shot of a ringing doorbell and uh, about Garth is about to arrive. Garth the, goes up to the the uh, the apartment above the bookstore, and it is wiped out. Mm-hmm. There is nothing. Yeah, completely deserted. Um. So he goes, looks at a couple of things. Uh, he sees like the back bedroom. Um, I guess this is like, uh, is this her studio he's in now? Maybe. Yeah, yeah. It's actually probably where her bedroom. But look, was. the the candles are still it. Oh, yeah. there oh, she is. There's she's the countess there. appearing from thin air. Basically. She's like, ah, I knew you would come, but it took you a little longer than I expected. So I tidied the place up. Yeah. Uh, she's like, look, I'm told you, I, I'm I'm not I'm leaving tonight, and you're going to come with me. He's like. It's a little possessive, no, but no, okay. I'm not. <laughs> she's like, he's like, you're gonna come with me to Scotland Yard, and she's like, uh, I think not, no. sir. Uh, she's like the girl that you brought here last night. Well, she's dead. Uh, she's like, oh, well, that's a pity. Yeah. <laughs> well, who killed? I was like, how she died? She says, well, I killed her. Well, said, you killed her. She seems so healthy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she must work out. Uh, it's like, look, you know, what a funny um, vampire. What a f- you're not a policeman, you know, you're just, you're sometimes, she's like, but you can still help me. She says, and you shall. So basically she's becoming demanding. He's like, you know, I think you're insane. She's like, well, I'm desperate rather. He's like, there's an enlist your aid and freeing me of the curse of the Draculas. So she wants to still be free from this curse. And she thinks he's the only one that can do it. She's like, I am Dracula's daughter. Yeah. Now I'll get to that at the end. So, um, so he's like, hey, yeah, well, uh, Miss Blake, you know, Janet, he's like, do you know where she is? She's like, yes, Sir Aubrey's Bedford's. And she said, are you quite sure? She's like, I'm positive. She returned to your study after you left. So uh, she said, we talked about long. So she's lying to him to get him out of there to go check on her. And yeah. he's like, I don't believe you. She's like, why don't you telephone and find out? Which is funny. Yeah. Uh, he's like, the telephone, the telephone, the telephone plays another vital role. So he's like, there's one right there. So she calls and, and she calls and talks to who is it, the nurse I think I believe so yes the nurse no no he talks he calls like the party place Tony like down in we will find out yeah, oh the party place yes uh, they said pretty soon is Janet there and she's like, he's like nope she phoned about half an hour ago and he's like what he said uh, she did what he's like uh, she phoned about a half an hour ago sir said she was meeting you somewhere in a Chelsea of all places. Some studio or other. I say, what's it all about? You know, have you found a better party to go to? And this, this is where Zaleska has found a way to just leave. Uh, and she's nowhere to be seen. Mm-hmm. So, uh, except she drops her purse, or Janet's purse, one of the two. Yeah, we with Janet's purse. Yeah. Like he wants to, he, she wants to goad him on. So she knows that, he knows that she, Janet was there. He's like, look, you know, I need you. Uh, she's taking Janet. We got to go back to basically Transylvania. And, uh, and Van Elden is like, Dracula's daughter? 
He's like, look, stop playing games with me. He's like, if you if you wake me up in the middle of the bed uh, and out of my bed and get me out here in the middle of the night to come down here and talk about vampires of Dracula, he's like, uh, this is no hoax. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, she asks, uh, he's leaving London, and he's like, well, where is she going? He's like, well, you know, I examined her traces, and she still insists. She said she'd force me. She's like, now how? She, now that she got a hold of Janet, basically Janet's in dangers. I think I'll know what happened. I have to get to her. Uh, she's like, no, no, no. She's like, she wants to control you. Van Helsing's like, she wants to control you. She's not going to hurt Janet. Yeah. She wants you. So basically, he says, send out the alarm to Scotland Yard to stop everything, all the bla- boats, planes, trains, um, everything. Oh, bills. Yeah. Um, he's like, I think she went to Russell Bridge. She said, no, no, no. She's slipping out of England night. There's only one place she'll go, and that is the castle in Transylvania, which is her family castle, if you remember the first movie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he's like, "Hey, give me everybody. We're we got a, a general broadcast, and this is pretty cool." So you hear the the Morse code. It's in London. Travel it's montage. Go, yeah, it's, it's got papers out. On, be on the lookout for this missing lady. Uh, shows them like doing the wanted posters, which is pretty cool. Um, pretty excellent montage work for the, especially for the time. Like even oh, holds yeah. up and get today, and we also get the we're also looking up to the amazing set work of the castle Transylvania, which I love dearly. I think it looks amazing. Oh yeah. Um, so. Basically, I think we're back in uh, the, the Scotland Yard uh, studio, if you will. Yeah. And Van Helsing's like just sleeping in a chair. The other guy's got a cigarette lit, you know, fell asleep yeah. in a chair. Um, Both waiting for news, basically. And then Jeffrey walks in. <laughs> Jeffrey Garth walks back in. All right, I'm ready. No, that's not Garth, is it? Oh, it isn't that no, Garth? No, Garth, Garth. Garth has already taken off on oh, the yeah. plane. Garth is on his way. This is the other guy. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Garth was there. He's like, uh, well, I don't know, sir. He went away somewhere in his car. So... Uh, the phone rings and i think this is uh where they say hey there's this uh airplane was leaving uh that countess maria escaped already but also uh that jeffrey garth is hot on her tail basically right yeah uh and they know it's trapped so he's like that's a terrible idea he should have done that because obviously he'll fail you know so yeah so they're asking hey give me a plane to paris you know the the police escort is like well, what are you standing there for? You know, get this stuff. He's like, we got to find Jeffrey. He said, and break the news as gently as possible. So they said, this just came in. He opens up the telegram, I guess it is, or letter. And it says, hey, you basically, uh, you know, we got some good news. He said, there was a chartered plane leaving for Transylvania. We'll keep in touch, Jeffrey Garth. So, like, you got to stop him. And Helsing's very adamant. Hey, you got to stop him. He's going to go straight to his yeah. death. Uh, he doesn't know how to handle this on his own. Uh, she's going to end up killing him. Uh, and so he's flying in the plane, but the plane's already taken off. And I like this. They're trying to find the spotlight, you know, shining on him and all that. But I'm sure he probably played a handsome reward for them to fly him over there to Transylvania. Basically bribed him, yeah. To like, okay, I need, I need to get there because I need to rescue Janet. Right. Um, so now you can also see the love that he has for Janet, even yeah. though she's a complete yeah. meanie to him. Dang it, um, Janet. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> little Rocky, Rocky <laughs> Horror Picture Show. I wonder how many people get that. So now we're back in, I guess, at the bottom of Dracula's Hill, where Dracula's, he's been gone. They're having weddings and parties, and uh, the the castle can still be seen in the background, which is really cool. And he's like, that was funny right there. He's like, hey, it's been a great day, wedding day. And he's like, and soon it will be night. And I was like, yeah, no, boom. Uh, but, you know, the music stopped, and then all of a sudden they see a light go on in the Dracula's castle, and they're like, uh-oh. And this is really cool where you see the crypt, the, the uh, coffin open up again and her hand comes out. Um, I always like it when the, the vampires do that. I think it looks really cool. Um, 
and you know, just the creaking of the coffin and all that. It really brings out the whole, that, the whole creature mistake of like how un, how inhumanly it just kind of crawls out of the coffin. Right, and then you hear the coffin. The thump. <laughs> <laughs> so now uh, it, it, it does a little thing. We hear the coffin. It fades back, and then she's standing there outside of the coffin, um, still dressed in black. Um, I think she's now accepted a role. Like, look, the light comes on, and all the people are like, "Oh no, the castle!" <laughs> they're all like, no, "Dracula, Dracula's back!" No, they're, they all think Dracula has come back. The lights come on, and uh, they're running through this wedding. They're barring the doors, uh, and here comes this carriage. <laughs> and it is um, Garth is actually made it here. And he's like, "Hey, look, the light came on in Dracula's castle." No. What a coincidence. <laughs> and Garth hops out of the back of the carriage. He's like, what is this? The end. He's like, this is the end. He's like, this is as far as we go. And he's like, uh, what? The vampire? And he's like, she walks tonight with the Haran Halifar. He's like, are you sure? He's like, yeah. He's like, well, let's get going. He's like, you, you're just in time. You got a few minutes. The doors will be barred until daylight. He's like, I'll tell you what. I'll give you five pounds if you take me to Borgo Pass. You don't five have to go pounds. any further than that. That's like $2 billion. He's like, he's like, just Borgo's pass? He's like, yeah. He's like, here you go. And he's like, I'll ride in the front seat to keep you company, basically. Yep. He says, you'll take care of my bags, right? <laughs> I'm sure he might not need them. If he dies, he dies. And the, exactly. the, the, you know, the gypsy lady's like, he's mad. Gotta recognize the one-way trip. Yep. He might not be coming back. Exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, Janet is kind of like, Janet is in kind of like a uh, tranquilized state, basically, from the vampires and the uh, and, uh, Sandor. So moving on forward, but, like, but see, I think she's been uh, hypnotized, but I don't think she's been bitten yet. No, no, it's no. just a trap. Yep, yeah, it's just purely a catch and release scenario. So she's like, like, "Hey, release, release." She's like, "Yeah, I don't know if that's possible now." Uh, basically, what I'm going to do is his life in exchange for hers. Uh, he can stay here, or it'll be his death. You know, or he can he can have life eternal with me. Yeah, I, I think her whole. So idea- here he says, "He says, have you not forgotten past that I was to have eternal life." This is death for Garth if he comes here. Death, not life. So basically, Sandor's like, hey, you promised me this eternal life, uh, you know. Uh, and he's like, so now Sandor's kind of kind of miffed at her, mad at her, because, look, I see what you did there. Uh, you double-crossed me, too, you know. And so he's really mad. So yeah, uh, Garth, well, it's, it's unclear if this is a, kind of like a thing where like she can only do it to one other person or like if she can actually give the... The dark gift of vampirism to another person, like if she can only do it once or if she can do it multiple times. So maybe well, that's what they're kind of implying here. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, this is a. Uh, I'll have you read the short story in, by Bram Stoker and let us know. I'll get right on that. <laughs> After Ben Hur, right? Yeah. Uh, so um, she's over there looking at her. And, and this is really weird, too, because Sandra goes up there with a bow and arrow and he starts shooting down at Garth, you know. And he's like, oh. You got somebody shooting at me with a bow and arrow. He misses completely, as most bad guys do. Yeah. Uh, so this, you know, she's 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 no Hawkeye. She's about ready to go bite her. She now look at this giant spider web. I know. I was amazing. like, what kind of spider made that? <laughs> so there's Sandor, and he's got his gun out. Uh, Garth's got his gun out. But that that spider web is impressive. It is beautiful. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So I think she's getting ready to go for the bite. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She she can't hold off anymore. Yeah. He shoots a gun and it stops her. It's like, oh, Garth's here. Yay. Hey. Now I can him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, women. <laughs> so, here we go again. Um, here she comes out of the door. She's like, oh, you made it, basically. And he's like, where is Janet? Is she hurt? Um, yeah. She's like, well, so far she's safe. Yeah, for the moment. He's mm-hmm. like, if you've harmed her, he's like, look. 
You're not in London now. You're not with your police, Garth. You're you're in Transylvania, which is in my home turf, basically my castle. Exactly. Like you're in my hood. You you are gonna, you gonna, you know pay respect. She says well, he's like get out of my way. I need to go see her. She said very well. Go on in. Um, and uh, now the police have arrived, which they got a pretty quick charter there themselves. Uh, yeah, ran the tail, literally. Yeah. So uh, they go bang on the end. And they said, hey. You know, like, what's going on up here? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm trying to get the, ascertain the information what's going on. Like, hey, we need to go up to the castle, you know. Yeah. Anyways, Garf just finds Janet um, sitting on the bed, basically in the hypnotized state, and trying to get her basically back awake and seeing how okay she is. You know. And but he says, she says it's not hypnosis. She says it's something older and, older and more powerful. He's like, well, whatever it is, I'll get it out of her. He's like, like the other one that died, you bring her out of this, she's going to die, basically. Yeah. Uh, which um, I thought was really, so she knew that he would try to wake her up. Yeah, his science can't trump her dark magic. So he said, she said, look, her pulse is growing weak. Your skill's not going to be in view. She's in her spell that can only be broken only by me or death. So basically either I can break it or she dies. That's the, yeah. that's the two ways that's, out. That's the bargain. So you see she's helpless and she lies there dying right before you. And he's like, she's not dying. I won't let her die, Janet. Um, so he's, he's got her hands in her head. And she's like, the countess is like, your life for hers. And he's like, what are you talking about? She's like, look, you remain here with me. You. Yeah, so he hasn't figured it out yet. You're the prize. <laughs> you know? Of the idea. She's yeah. like, one of dead as yourself, only uh, like I can make you. And he's like, you're insane. And she's like, insane? To offer you eternal life, I'm insane? Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't believe in your spells and your stupid magic. And he's like, then let science save her or what? Dun, or, dun, dun. or you agree to remain here with me forever? Yep. And he's like, oh, man. So if I do this and I try to wake her up and she dies... Then she'll die, and I'll still be stuck here anyway. <laughs> yeah. So either way, he's like he's coming to the realization. It's a lose-lose like, scenario. And I'm not so sure if even if he would have stayed, if they wouldn't have killed her anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah, at some point. Yeah, it's just dang if you do, dang if you don't. And here we go. So he's like, all right, release her. Mm-hmm. And now you see Sandor. He's up like on a, a, a ledge with a uh, a bow and arrow, and he shoots this arrow, and I don't know how it possibly hit her from that angle. And it hits, it goes right past him and hits the Countess right in the heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, what a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He couldn't hit her, he couldn't hit the guy when nobody was looking from clearly the top. A, but clearly a Hanzo Mang. Yeah. So she stumbles out to the balcony and she just dies. And now you see Janice starting to, to roam around, like starting to wake up. And Sandor goes to aim an arrow to hit this one and he gets, he gets shot, shot in the back. Or in the chest, actually. I think yeah, the chest. From the Scotland Yard guy Police. with the stripes, right? Yeah. So Van Helsing or Von Helsing and the Scotland Yard guy walk in there. And Janet is starting to wake up, and this is funny because uh, Van Von Helsing's like, "Hey, where's Countess Aleska?" She's he's like, "Ah, she's out there." So Von Helsing runs out there, and Janet he's like, "Janet, open your eyes, open your eyes," you know, and and basically he wakes her up to the power of his love. Yeah, give me a break. <laughs> and uh, oh, you know, uh, she's like Jeffrey, you know that they let me show. So here he goes. He's like, "There's your vampire Basil." Uh, the arrow, a wooden shaft through her heart, just as I drove the stake through his, which is, of course, Dracula. He's like, yeah. Basil says, the woman is beautiful. Basil says, she was beautiful when she died a hundred years ago. Okay, and uh, so it says there, and he's just saying, and that's the end of the movie. 
Now, Kyle, my question to you before we dive into some notes is this. If, at the beginning of the movie, Van Helsing said, or, or Van Helsing said that, uh, that he killed Dracula and that he presumed that he was over 500 years old. Yes. They just said that the Dracula's daughter was 100 years old. Yes. Vampires can't have babies. So, uh, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Well, it can be an adoptive daughter still of like actually like like technically like you know I have given her the dark gift. She is now my daughter in a special form because she is not my lover. So that could be like the sense of the transitive property at that point. So I can still understand that. But so yeah, so that is a little bit weird to say like oh she's my daughter, but also it's like adoptive daughter is also just as valid. I think in the vampire case because like essentially anyone you turn into a vampire is by kind of extending your sibling at that point to some degree. You know, some kind of your sibling, yes, but not your. Not your daughter, son. Well, if, if you consider like you know one vampire turning turning another turning a human to another vampire, as growing their family, then essentially you just stop you 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 set those roles as you choose. It's the family as you make it at that point, where like you decide as I turn this person, will they will I treat them as my daughter? Will I treat them as my lover? Will so I treat are you them as saying that if yeah. if if Dracula's daughter would have, let's say Lily, if she would have turned Lily, would that have been Dracula's granddaughter then? Or would it just still have been a Dracula's daughter since it's still if him? If Dracula was alive, he would decide that for himself, I believe. He would decide as an extension of his own family or some point. So, yes. Well, well, let me ask you this question then, too. <laughs> if when Dracula's daughter died, Zaleska died, did the Dracula curse stop there? Or is his spirit still out there roaming? You know, I, I, would, I would obviously never say never because there's always the possibility that there's other kind of Dracula kind of spawns running around. You never well, I'm sure there is once yeah. we get into them, but I just didn't know if you could draw from this conclusion. I think that you can tell that she got released because she died from yeah. this movie, but other than that. So let's talk a little bit about this, some stuff in this movie. Um, the Actually, the Bell of the Ghost Dracula course was actually a waxwork in this movie because he wanted a lot of money to appear in this movie, and they weren't going to pay that, so... Yeah, and that's the kind of thing to send her favor how like negotiations go because like either you're gonna ask for a lot of money and like if you don't have a plan for a big role for him then it's not worth paying that. So either you like you even when he's only in the mood for like two seconds. Yeah, maybe. he's only in the mood for like just like like if it was like a substantial role it would be worth paying him that kind of money. But if it's just for like a walk on thing, well it's just not worth it for either party. So they just right. do a wax model instead. They do that many times before like a like a, like in Rhodes and Iron Man too. Like it's just like eh, he's still a minor role, so you can't pay him that much more money right. for it. Uh, yeah. This was completed for $278,000, and it was also one of Universal's most expensive productions of the 1930s. I'm sure it's made money back by now, hopefully. <laughs> but uh, it's kind of weird that saying that that was the most expensive one when you had stuff like Frankenstein and all that with all that elaborate equipment and all that, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Especially since this was filmed in like just over a month and stuff like that, too. Like yeah, really that's really crazy. Thing, you know. um, let's see here. Uh, the originally Universal wanted to make a sequel based on Bram Stoker's short story Dracula's Guest and negotiate with Stoker's widow Florence during the talks between the two it was discovered that Bram Stoker had not compi- complied with one requirement of the US Copyright Office with his novel Dracula which rendered it public domain in the United States because Florence wanted more creative control over the sequel and Bella Lugosi wanted more money to reprise the role of Count Dracula the Universal instead hired John L. Benderston to write a new story. 
kind of dirty and underhanded, but also yeah. I understand like that public domain that, gets them every time, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. And I respect public domain. You know, I like when things get in the public domain. That's good. Uh, but, uh, still, kind of, uh, kind of sucks when like it. You know, people responsible don't get money. Right. Yeah. Initially, Bella Lugosi and Jane Wyatt were set to star in the film. Universal also announced that Boris Karloff and Colin Clive, who had all starred together in Frankenstein and The Bride of Frankenstein, would appear. Then uh, Caesar Romero, also known as the Joker from the 1960s Batman would play Dr. Garth. Yeah. That would be interesting. Everyone always knew crossover cell, man. You know, <laughs> everyone this is likes the, that. The last horror from, film produced under the supervision of Carl Lamille. Uh, four days after production wrapped, Universal's principal creditor, Standard Capital Corporation, seized control of the studio and the Lamille family, including patriarch Carl Lamille, who had found that the studios were unceremoniously kicked out. So there's a lot of stuff following this post-production. Uh, director Lambert Hillier was injured on the ninth day of production, according to the publicity Friday the 13th, when a freestanding fill light toppled onto his head. Ooh, that nearly that been half a day of shooting was lost when uh, he was briefly hospitalized. However, film started uh, February 4, 1936, and finished March 10, 1936, and was a the, there was a Thursday the 13th, but no Friday the 13th during that time frame. So there's a little bit, yeah. Of, um, but Bad still, luck. to have that fall on your head and only lose a few hours of shooting. Yeah, luckily they didn't die. You know, those things could be, you know, things are heavy. It's like, right. what, at least like, you know, 20, 40 pounds around there, you know. Uh, originally, Jane White, we said, was cast as Lily, uh, who played the little homeless girl, if you will. Uh, however, Universal presumably cast Nan Gray because she was a blonde, giving contrast to the leading lady, Gloria Holden. Movie producers, especially in the golden age of Hollywood, preferred that actresses have two different colors of hair when a villainess is involved. To give distinct contrast, light and dark, good, bad, um, and of course, why it was always a brunette. So, and especially like you know, the little quality film at the time, it makes it makes it much easier to distinguish which characters which. Right, which especially when they use different color of clothing and all that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, this was originally to be another project for director James Well. The script he submitted was so outrageous in various senses of the word that he was taken off the project. A sizable list of writers submitted treatments and scripts. I would love to read what that outrageous score, what that outrageous script would be nowadays. <laughs> what do they consider outrageous at the time? And we're going to throw this in there, and I'm not going to dwell on it. But okay, I'm, go I'm for just going to mention it. Uh, Dracula's daughter contains a scene which was deemed rather suggestive for the time when the homeless young lady is invited back to the rooms of the undead. Countless, there is a hint of lesbianism. Take it what you will. I didn't really get that out of it, uh, but I can see where people draw that conclusion, and that's all I'm going to say about that. It. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing much added. Like, okay, yeah. sure, if you want to read that. I, you I, know, people can read a lot of stuff into different movies and add what mm-hmm. they want to add based upon what they see, and it might not have been what was if, portrayed at the time. If this were like a cult, a, a real classic, seminal classic film, I would be interested in, in like uh, like trying to view its cultural impact today and what significant parts it actually had to say about um, lesbianism or LGBTQ rights, you know, all these kind of things. But as it seems like, it's not that kind of film. It never was trying to be, and it never, it hasn't like stood the test of time to be that kind of film, right. culturally speaking. So I'm not really interested in diving into it like that. Right. So that's just my personal taste. But like to to those who will, go and, for it. And as Forrest Gump said, and that's all I'm going to say about that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so t- top Echelon director A. Edward Sutherland was assigned to direct after James Well left the project. His contracted uh, a contract contained an unusual pay or play clause, and he earned seventeen thousand five hundred dollars for his involvement in the production. Because of indeterminable production delays, Sutherland moved on to another project before shooting began. His replacement, Lambert Hillier, who had directly mostly B-Westerns, earned just $5,000 for directing this film. Mm. 
Well, for the time, still pretty good money. Right. Um, Dracula's uh, guest uh, was written uh, in a chapter in the 19, or 1897 novel Dracula, but exercised due to the novel's length that was first published in 1914, two years after Stoker's death. Uh, other elements are based loose on the 1872 short story Carmilla by Sheridan La Fanu. And I told you this one earlier um, off mic before we started recording. At 53 years old, Edward Van Stone was only three years older than Otto Kruger, which is crazy if you look at it. <laughs> yeah, it's hilarious to see. Um, <laughs> this is part of the original Shock Theater package of 52 Universal titles re- released to television in 1957, followed a year later with Son of Shock, which added 20 more features. Despite Bela Lugosi's not appearing in the film, there are some existing photos of him and Gloria Holden on the set during production. So that's really cool. Um, this uh, includes a sp- includes a special feature bonus feature film in the DVD box of Dracula: The Legacy Collection, which we was released in two thousand four, and which we re- yeah. mentioned in the awards yep. at the beginning. Um, so here we go. This was the sequel to Dracula, direct sequel, in which there was no indication in either film that Dracula was married. So where has the daughter come from? Which we Kyle kind of touched on it. Where if he turned her, he could say, "Hey, this is my daughter." This is yeah, uh, my daughter, my sense. Like I guess how I could say that, but I think when everybody says Dracula's daughter, they automatically think some kind of birth or something. Right. I understand that too. So, Kyle, what do you think of your first Universal horror monster movie uh, in this series that you're doing with me? This is fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's neither great nor bad. Um, at, at a certain point, like 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 if they just have like a single like. Dracula extended cut, and they just cut the sequel Dracula's Daughter into this movie. I might watch the whole thing through because that'd be like a full movie length nowadays at this point. Right. So I could probably watch it all the way through like that. But as it stands alone, it's not much more interesting. It doesn't really add much to the Dracula universe as for the Universal Monsters um, repertoire, if, the, if you were. And so it's kind of passable, but if you enjoyed Dracula, the first movie, this movie is, you know. It's passable. You're not going to be... I don't think it's offended. I'm not offended by the memory of the original Dracula by watching this film. It's not bad by that sense. So, overall, like, you can watch it, but it's... uh, You can also pass just as easily. So, that's how I kind of feel about the film overall. Right. How do you feel, Jimbo? Well, this... When you think of Universal Monsters, you always think of a monster on the loose scaring people, uh, maybe some attacking a village slash um, some sort of final confrontation... And with this movie, you don't get this. What this movie did is it. I think it tried to to uh, ride the ride the well, ride the coattails of the original Dracula of popularity, um, and then basically you see, you know, in Frankenstein, you see human characteristics in the monster. You know, he sometimes you can tell he's what's right, what's wrong. You know, he's kind of has feelings, blah blah blah. With this one, you have it from the other side. Like, hey, I want out of this. I want to go back to being human. I don't know if you ever. I don't know if it ever really states that she could sense what she was before she was Dracula's daughter. Yeah. You know, like, what kind of life did she live? You know, she, she said she was from Hungary. But you don't you don't really know what her life was. But she's struggling to get it. She doesn't want to be part of this Dracula's curse, but she's cursed to be the Dracula's curse. So she's in this bloodline now, and she just doesn't want to be part of it. And basically, she gets her redemption by actually dying in this movie so she is technically free from the curse now yeah um, so i like i like that aspect of it um i love the the the, the police guys at the f- the very beginning of the movie that are watching the coffins is some comedy gold there um mm-hmm. the one guy's facial expressions it's just funny it kind of reminds me of uh 
Laurel and Hardy or Abbott and Costello, them two at the beginning. Yeah, a step just um, before slapstick, kind of. Yeah. Right. Um, I thought they did a great job. Um, Janet was annoying, I think. Um, yeah, agreed. I already with the, but said I don't, my under, I don't understand about the phone call and all that. So, I mean, that was that was just childish. Um, I think... Uh, uh, what's her name? Maleska? Maleska? Yeah. Marie Zaleska. Zaleska. Yeah. I think she was outstanding. She was a beautiful lady. Uh, for mm-hmm. the role, her eyes just went on forever, um, and a really captivating performance. Like you kind of like really believe that she is a, a uh, vampire. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, and that she has that internal struggle or like hesitance to not. And, and be you a can vampire. see her facial expressions make her in this movie too, because there's times when you know, especially when Lila's there, like she's struggling, like, hey, you know, oh, your hands are cold. You need to go warm those up. You know, what I mean, so she's yeah. struggling with like. I don't want to do this, but hey, I don't want you to be cold. But you know, if I warm your blood up, it's going to taste better. She, yeah. she likes hot meals instead of cold meals, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but she has a she has a terrific way of showing the constrained emotion on her face and the, the conflict within her is uh, does a really great job. So it's one of those things where like like man, I kind of wish like better camera equipment for the time could be shown to see how like she did an excellent job for her role, even if her role herself wasn't that well written. Well, and then that's what you, that's what you see a lot of these times in these older movies is. They have to act by their facial expressions when things are happening to them. Like, there's the part where, um, if you remember in the movie, where he's got the the hypnotic thing out and he's like, "Oh, the mirrors." And she's like, "No, her eyes just light up. Like, no, no, we ain't doing yeah. this. It ain't gonna work. This ain't no time for experiments, doctor." Mm-hmm. So, if you're a fan of Universal Monsters, I at least watch it once, but don't go in expecting that it's gonna be another Invisible Man or Frankenstein or Dracula. Uh, but even though this watch Dracula first, then go right into this movie, it might make a lot more sense. Yeah, that's right. And there's some things like the they say it goes right after Dracula, but I, I, some of the body like Renfro's and all that are placed in different areas. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. I think you can almost like you could probably cut these two movies together, but you can't necessarily have one end and then just begin on the next one. You like you have to kind of cut that. You have to cut a little bit of the ending off and then start a little bit of the ending in there, if you know what I mean. Right, right, it's a, right. It's, it's a complicated um, edit. Right. But still which, achievable, I think. Which they probably use some of the same... Uh, si- uh, Undoubtedly, so. you know, because they're always worth the time. There too, so. Yeah. Well, that's it for our first episode of the Universal Monster Stories or series uh, this time around. So I think this episode's coming to close, and that's a wrap. And Kyle? And cut.